Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with John Baker about the role of introverts within organizations and how to activate introverts to unlock team potential. John Baker, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hi, and thank you for thank you for having me, Jonathan. Brilliant to be here. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to meet with you and welcome uh, to the podcast from the UK. Uh, I'm here in Utah in the morning. It's uh, sunny and um, not warm, but uh, pleasant outside. And uh, it's evening for you over in the UK. It's wonderful to have you with me. Um, John has a wonderful background in talking about how to better leverage introverts and their capacities within an organization. So today we're gonna to be focusing on activating introverts to unlock organizational potential, uh, exploring introversion and productivity, introversion uh, within team meetings, and how it also relates to staff turnover and retention. As we get started, I wanted to share John's bio with everybody. Driven by his desire to expose the talent of quieter business people, John Baker has become known for activating introverts with his quietly confident attitude to challenges and vision of balanced teams alongside his enthusiasm for action and helping others. John inspires business leaders to take action. Balanced teams allow introverts and extroverts to flourish individually and as a team, improving productivity, creativity, and diversity of thought. His business growth and networking knowledge uh, he's written two books on the subject, combined with leadership experience, allows John to show leaders how to change their habits and get more from their introverts. He's probably the only speaker who believes you don't need to keep your head above water to succeed. He spends his spare time underwater. Scuba diving has provided fun and many tight spots. Expect uh, diving stories that can help you change your thinking about real life issues. So John, it's a real pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. And before we launch into the conversation, anything else about yourself, your personal background um, and personal context that you'd like to share with listeners? No, I think you covered a whole lot of good stuff there. Thank you, Jonathan. As you say, based in the UK, it's it's approaching evening time and we've had, we're coming, coming into the spring now. So it's been one of those beautiful days where it's, it's no longer freezing cold. And I, I walked out to the shops a few minutes ago with only a t-shirt on. So it was like, oh, this is this is beginning to get nice again. Well, that's, that's wonderful. And uh, I, first thing every morning, I take my dogs out for a walk and uh, we were nicely situated near a beautiful lake and beautiful mountains. And so I, I tend to alternate, you know, where I take my dogs and uh, today we were down by the lake. So it was, it was brisk, but sun sh the sun was shining. It was beautiful. And I uh, can't ask for much more than that, I think. 
sounds good to me. But no, as you said, you, you covered a whole lot in the uh, introduction, so thank you for that. But I, I, the main thing I'd add is that I work with a number of people helping them to understand introversion. And some of the background to that is came from a piece of research I, I did, I'm still doing, I'm adding to it as, as we go. And maybe some of your listeners would love to join it as well, which I'll give a link for at the end. But a third of people that I've interviewed, and there's about 400 of them now, are not fully productive at work. And I kind of think in these days when we're running around and you've got businesses trying to find one or 2% productivity gains, to sit there and a third of people are not fully productive is, is kind of shocking. What's worse is when you start to have discussions around some of the main causes and where there's an overlap of communications in the company, culture in the company and introversion, that's the biggest set of the causes where that overlap exists. And then you think, hang on, communications and culture are both leadership driven. That means leadership is losing up to a third, you know, third and not fully productive, of its people and its productivity. And that that just seems to me utterly crazy. When I've sat down with people and we started to talk about some of the implications, then people start to change that. The way they want the classic, of course, is the, the team meeting or company meetings or strategy meetings. And we can spend a long time talking about those. And I'm sure you'll prompt me to shortly. But um, yeah, so meetings are a classic item which are, I would describe as extrovert biased in the way they run. And I don't think I know any people that go, I really want to go to a meeting because most people who say meetings aren't that effective. And so, so that's, that's kind of one area that I started on. And that's where I, I started, wrote, wrote one of my books on running meetings that make things happen because so many meetings just don't. And again, it's the way that people communicate that, that causes a lot of that gap. Um, so it might be useful if I add a little bit on there um, where I where I come from with the introvert thing, people say to me, John, what is what is an introvert? And uh, so it's probably good to add that to start with. I I talk about two things. The first is I talk about energy, where I mean people energy. And many introverts, if you put them into a group of people, a crowd, their their energy will drain away. It's like having I don't know. It's like having a, a five or six year old iPhone where you charge it up quietly and you think you're about to start talking to it and the battery just goes and it's pretty damn useless. Put an introvert in a great crowd of people and quite often that's what the energy does. Now it's not that they're shy, it's not that they're afraid, it's nothing else, but I put it to you. If I was, if you were, if you knew that your energy was going to drain away like that, would you go, I'd really like to go to this networking event or would you kind of go, well, I'll go if I need to, but so I can understand why people sometimes shy, say they're shy, but it's not the case. The second word I'd like to think about is um, processing. And to be more exact with that, I call it internal processing and external processing, where an introvert typically ask them a question and they'll think and they'll think through, I know, the best, the most complete, the, the most structured, the a good answer they can give and then they'll speak in other words they think to talk ask a, a stereotypical extrovert the same question whoosh out come the words and they are talking to think now neither are answering better or worse because in the end you're going to get to the same place 
but it's the different different styles and both that energy and uh, processing have ramifications for the way things go so imagine a conversation where perhaps the boss asks one of the employees a question and the boss is perhaps extroverted and, and in fact i'll tell you what i'll give you a real life example that's even better a few years ago i i used to have a role where i was the franchise manager for the north of the uk and my colleague for the south we didn't used to meet each other very often because we spent all our time on the road and about once a week i get a phone call hey john how you doing hope you're all right hope you're well and i go yeah i'm fine thanks i and then you, you got the other i there's there's that little gap where i'm now thinking to talk and into that gap because typically introverts are quite happy with gaps extroverts don't like them Wumpf, in he jumps why wow, that's brilliant that's amazing i've had a great week too and then he'd spiel off a dozen attainments he had in the week and to be honest with you half of them related to the week before because i remembered them and heard them the week before and anyway i only rang up to see how you are so how are you yeah i'm all right thank you i've had a and he'd do it again so in effect he's training me that my answer is not required so first thing i would say to people just be careful of that gap don't jump in there allow the introverts give them the gift of time so that they can answer and uh, you will get far more from them as a result but introverts where you can here's a little tip that will help you with that one because in a sense you could say i was being my own worst enemy i was i was answering and then stopping and so he jumps in now i wasn't deliberately stopping i'm sitting there thinking through the answer but if you can think of a phrase that you can roll off the tongue quite easily and in my my example though i could have said yeah i'm good thank you i've had an amazing week and there's three things this week that happened that you'd particularly find useful to listen to now that takes 10 20 seconds but that 10 or 20 seconds to say i could be one i'm just automatically regurgitating that i could be doing my thinking at the same time so from an introvert point of view give yourself a little holding statement that buys you a bit of time because once once i he had been told oh there's three things to listen to of course he's going to sit back for a minute so i've just bought myself this gap of time but extroverts give introverts the, the gift of time that will really help and so that's in conversations of course and yeah. you can imagine it happening in meetings as well yeah that's that's super interesting and and while you're describing all of that i'm just thinking about myself um and i relate to both sides i i think in some aspects of my life and in some settings and contexts, I'm more introverted or more extroverted, right? And it depends on the context. Around my mm -hmm. family, I'm, you know, in, in close friends, I'm more outgoing, I'm more, um, uh, you know, in that smaller group setting with people I know and trust, I tend to be uh, a little bit more goofy and less reserved. Um, but when I'm, you know, in a larger setting, like you said, where I feel drained by the, the energy of the room, uh, or I'm in a large meeting, um, my, my style and inclination would be to observe and watch and process and, and then make comments or provide contributions in a measured way uh, as necessary, not to hear myself talk, not to try to score points with the boss, not to try to be heard, but to make a contribution. And if I feel like someone else has already made that contribution that I would make, I don't feel the need to talk. 
So what ends up happening in that kind of a situation that I've noticed uh, in the past is people make judgments about you and your contribution, um, you and um, and how you are able to, I, I guess, how I'm I'm able to uh, add to the the discussion and the dialogue and whether or not I'm prepared and whether or not I have something to say. People are making all those judgments uh, based on the frequency of comments, not necessarily based on the substance of the comments. Um, and, yeah. and so then I, I, I have to strategically, you know, choose points in time where I want to insert myself, even though I don't feel like, you know, there's what I'm going to say is going to add a ton of value. Um, but I know that if I don't, that judgment's going to happen. And then people are going to perceive me as, you know, not being uh, prepared or something like that, which could hurt my credibility, which could hurt my, you know, the, the ability for me to make a contribution down the line. And so that that's the internal dialogue that I'm going through as an introvert mm. in a meeting, um, trying to balance all of that and also recognizing, you know, the energy um, element that you mentioned and just trying to prioritize the use of scarce energy, right? Throughout the day, throughout all these different meetings I'm in. Um, mm. so I don't know what, how, how does that, how, how do you react to that? Um, is that something that you find within yourself as well that you, you, you find different, you know, that you tend to be more introverted, extroverted, uh, depending on the role and the setting. Um, and how does that play into what we're discussing? I think you're absolutely right. First of all, it's, we will, we might have a nature. I mean, first of all, you're not either or. There's a, there's a spectrum. So we could be strongly at one end, we could be kind of close to the one end or the other end. Um, the next thing is that introverts typically, people say they don't socialize and they don't talk. Well, they do, but they tend to socialize exactly as you just said, and you'll goof around a lot more with people you know well than people you don't know well. And that again is very typical of many, many introverts that they're, they're happier and they'll unwind and they'll open up, put me in a put me in a pub or just chatting with a couple of close friends and I, I might not shut up put me in the same setting with the same kind of discussion going on with people I don't know and I'll revert exactly to you as you described it I'll sit there and I'll take it in when I think there's something absolutely I can offer the discussion I don't bother holding back but if it's already been said if I don't think there's any value in adding that to the discussion I'm not going to say it and that's the same for many, many introverts. So, so I think in that sense, you're absolutely right. Because that, that does lead it to this, this, this bias, if you like, as you mentioned, you didn't call it bias, but you, you said, if you don't say something in the meeting, as measured by the frequency of comments, not the usefulness of the comments, then you assume that you've got nothing to add. Well, that's crazy. Surely we're measuring the wrong thing. We should be measuring the, the value of the comments, not the frequency of them but many people seem to do it the other way around i'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from hci press the alchemy of truly remarkable leadership ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years, 
With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Yeah, and that's that's certainly my experience, both as someone, you know, part of the organization or a leader within an organization. That's been my experience, but also as a consultant and going in and coaching and and, and observing and and watching how how these um, how these environments uh, and the dynamics within these environments play out. Uh, I, I see that so so often, and it's it's frustrating. You know, again, as an introvert, like I, I, I tend more towards the introvert side of the spectrum. And so it actually kind of bugs me when you have someone who is just constantly talking and rehashing or, you know, some, someone says something and then they restate the exact same thing. Um, you know, that kind of stuff, it irritates me. And not only do I not find it um, particularly helpful, but it's, it's actually irritating. So part of it is a style issue. Um, you know, I, I, extroverts probably prefer that introverts are more like them and introverts probably prefer that extroverts are more like them. And so what it comes down to is how do we make sure that both styles and anyone in, you know, anywhere on that spectrum, that, that those styles have an opportunity to be heard, that they have an opportunity to contribute, that their contributions are valued, that this bias or this judgment doesn't derail the contributions that people can make. And that's the absolutely critical thing, Jonathan. You've got to get to the point where, first of all, we realise that what we want is a the whole team contributing to, to the success. Because what happens when we have the whole team contributing? Number one is everyone is going to feel as if they've been heard, as if they're part of the success of what's going on. So they're going to be more motivated. Secondly, because you've got what I would call a diversity of thoughts, you've got more, more views coming into the discussion, you're going to have a more resilient solution. In a typical meeting, if you've got, it's driven by three or four perhaps of the extroverts in the room, you're not going to get the introvert views. So it's absolutely critical to get the whole range of views. One of the, one of the things that, that we can do to, to do that is what I would call... Um, giving the introverts the gift of time. Things like the agenda. We know that the agenda and, it, and any information that needs to go out before the meeting, we've heard it a million times. I'll get it out the week before. But so few people do. When I talk to them and say, well, the reason is because if you want the introverts to engage, you will need them to process the material first. That means get it out to them early. If you dump it on them in the meeting, they're going to be trying to pr process the information to come out with the best answer. And they're not so likely to say a lot. One of the first 
the yeah, it, was, it was the first day in my second ever proper job. So it's a number of years ago now. And I'm into this meeting room and there's it was the monthly team gathering. And there was about four people who basically the boss dumped the agenda on the whole room and then called people out and asked for their thoughts. And four people in the room would, would issue forth on anything. And I, as a newbie in the room, I'm just reading through the data and I'm trying not to be hit. I'm, I'm trying to hide in plain sight. You say, I don't want to be called. I don't want to be called. And then I'm thinking these people that he's praising for being quick and to be having good views. They're not talking about their answers got nothing to do with the data. The people that later on he asks and he's almost disparaging of them because they're they're stopping their thinking. They're looking at the report and they're giving answers that relate to it. He, he doesn't value them at all. So what kind of a team was he leading? So getting the data out beforehand is the first thing. And then making space for everybody to speak. And there's there's various ways of doing that. And that's what I would call hold back because every team has got a couple of quiet members and a couple of louder members. And if you want the views from the quieter ones, sometimes you've got to hold back the the uh, the louder ones. And that's uh, you know it is that's it is the only way it can be done. Um, that could be literally just asking them to hold hold back for a second. Another technique that can work well is is announcing to the room you're going to work around the room one at a time. Give everybody I don't know thirty seconds a minute to answer, and when some of the more expensive ones go on and try and take two minutes, you stop them, and you move on. So you call out some of the the extroverted rooms people in the room first. And then you move on to the introvert. So everybody has had the opportunity to speak and they know they were going to speak, but you've respected the introverts by, first of all, allowing them the gift of time. And then you've told them in advance so that you haven't just pounced on them and asked them a question. So that can work very well. Writing it is another one. OK, everyone, I want you to write your answers to this down. No speaking for a minute. And then with those bits of paper, of course, is umpteen things you could do. You could all get up and stick them on the wall and play around with them. You could just read them out. If it's a remote meeting, of course, that works incredibly well as well. And we, we forget that nowadays, and I don't know what it's like for you, you over in Utah, but in England still we are locked down. So very few people are going into the office, many more remote meetings and hybrid meetings. And unless you do something different in a remote meeting, it's even harder for introverts to, to jump in on, on Zoom or whatever we're using. So yeah. techniques like that can can help people. Absolutely. And I love I love the gift of time, sending out the agenda, sending out materials in advance of the meeting. Um, it, it's such a simple step, yet it almost never happens. Uh, you know, I, I go to so many meetings every week. And I would say the number, like it's probably less than 5% of the meetings I go to um, where there's actually materials and an agenda sent out even a day in advance, let alone a week, mm. right? And so all of those meetings, you're setting yourself up for a less productive meeting um, because you're not gonna have any sort of a working meeting. It's You're gonna end up rehashing all the same stuff. So it's a waste of time that way, but then you're definitely not going to be getting contributions from everyone on the team the, to the extent that you're probably wanting it um, to, to receive that yeah. those contributions. No, absolutely. And I think and people sometimes say to me, we don't have the time to get it a week in advance. And I just, well, there's two answers to that. The first thing is, 
it's going to take the same amount of time as it took to get it out 10 minutes in advance, to get it a week in advance, and you get so much more back. And the other thing, of course, is if you don't really want a discussion in the meeting, if you, you're the boss and you just want to tell people the answer, well, forget pretending there's a discussion and just tell them the answer. People will still respect that because you are entitled to do that from time to time. And that's yep. the right thing to do sometimes. Absolutely. Well, one of the things I know you talk a lot about is the introvert productivity gap. And I thought maybe in our, in our last five minutes together, we can explore that a little bit. What exactly do you mean by that? How do we address it uh, in an organization so, as a leader? So where it comes from is this, this 33% thing that I touched on at the beginning. So that's where you've got a number of people who are not fully productive because of the communication style, the company culture, and introversion. So the, the overlap of these three things, if you like, the Venn diagram effect. So the first thing is, I, I speak a lot about meetings and we've touched on some of the things there because meetings are almost where communications and culture all come head to head. And in any company, that's where a lot of productivity is driven from. If people aren't fully engaged when you drag them into a meeting, they're not sure as hell not going to be fully engaged when they're outside of there. So some of the meeting tips that we've already spoken of are, are really important there. And the more you can drag in everybody to take part in the meeting, the better. But then some of the other stuff is, is outside of the meeting. So while we're all working remotely, a lot of people struggle with, or actually I'm sure in your experience you'd agree with me, Jonathan, that many people struggle with delegation generally. But delegation when you, your team is all remote can be a lot harder. So I think it's, it's then thinking about that. So rather than just saying, Jonathan, I want you to do this, we, have, we might have a bit of a discussion about it. But most importantly, it's, it's setting the, the parameters of how I'm going to check in with you during the, the week or the however long it's going to be. An extrovert might not mind if I just pick up the phone. Hey, Jonathan, how are you getting on? And you've just completely interrupted the extrovert, but they won't mind because they like the conversation. Do that an introvert and it's not going to work the same way you're not going to get the same feedback so setting some boundaries in advance saying okay jonathan let's check in at three o'clock tomorrow is that okay with you when i check in what i want to do is this and this so that you get to you get that much better productivity from the, the way that you're working together but as well as that sometimes as the boss especially when we're all remote working you might want to see some of the let's call it unfinished work and again, creative people, particularly extroverts, might be really happy to bounce ideas around with you and throw things around and show you the, the six half-started bits of work they've done. Whereas an introvert would like to be a lot more structured and they want to know the structure of the meeting and they really don't want to show you half-completed work because they want to. So again, if you, you set the boundaries of that in advance, so you can sit and say, right, this is the... This is the first section we're going to go for and or ask the introvert what structure they want to put on it even better so they can deliver you a project plan which allows them to really easily check in with you almost daily yes boss every step is up to date great and then use some of the online tools so you can actually verify that as well if you're the manager don't just take everybody's word for that i'd love to say everyone always tells you the truth but they don't <laughs> um, so use some of the online tools, get people to do this, you know, file the documents on whatever online system you got, whether you use yeah. Google Docs or Dropbox or whatever, but, but 
be checking in with some of this stuff. Use project management software. Um, there's, several, there's several around, let's be honest. Uh, don't need to name them all. So that again, you can see what people are doing and you can be checking up on them without even interfering with them and, and catching up. Yeah, them. and I, I think that's a key point um, because the, the style difference can make an impact uh, just in terms of the distraction element, like you said, and some people are able to switch gears really fast. So they can jump from meeting to meeting uh, and and move into the new line of thinking and they can work from project, move from project to project. They can, they can get interrupted by their boss and it, and then jump right back into their thought process and what they were doing. Um, but I would say that's the exception. Most people don't function well that way. Uh, and so when you interrupt them, even if they do appreciate the interruption because they like having the conversation, it's still going to take them time to get back into their flow. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's certainly true for introverts. And so if you're disrupting flow, then that has even a higher level of negative impact on productivity. So it's just a, like you said, structure, being proactive and considerate. Um, I think all of those elements can really, really help. Well, John, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. We've really only scratched the surface. I think we could go much deeper into discussing some of these elements. But for sake of time today, um, I did want to make sure I gave you a chance uh, before we close to kind of wrap things up, give us the final word on the topic, and also share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your books, uh, and anything else you'd like to share um, by way of concluding comments. Thank you. So as you said, firstly, we could we could talk about it for hours on end. We have just scratched the surface of it. And uh, one of the things quite often that comes up is, is talking about confidence and, and the different ways that different people become confident. And, and again, there's variations in that too. So we could certainly talk for a long time on, on that alone. But um, how you can get back in touch with me, there's a website, introvertinbusiness, that's all one word, .co.uk. And there's a whole load of articles on there which people can take away for free. Whether, whether you're a leader that's not, that's not introverted and you want tips to manage your team, or you are an introvert yourself and perhaps you're even running your own business and you go, how do I deal with this? Because it's, let's be honest, it's harder as an introvert. You're going networking, thrown into a room full of people you can be, introverts can be one of the best networkers there are, but you've got to prepare for it and you've got to set yourself up with it. So there's, there's all sorts of ideas and hints on that too. Um, and then you mentioned the two books. So there was running meetings that make things happen. You can find more about the book on the website. And there's another one called Ninja Networking, which is again written because introverts tend to struggle with networking. Well, John, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. Perhaps I can have you back on the podcast so we can explore uh, in greater depth uh, in the coming weeks or months. Um, I hope that listeners will reach out, get connected with John, check out his books, find out more about what he can do for you and your organization. And as always, I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly, 
in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.